0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for taking a listen. My name is Jay. This is a new podcast. And basically, Jay's got something to say. Uh, Lots going on in this world, you know, and I'll talk about an array of different things, anything that I, you know, piques my interest, um, things that are uh, ongoing with our crazy world right now. Obviously, with COVID, we have all the racial issues. We have, um, you know, the cancel culture, the counterculture, things like that. So, the biggest thing is obviously social media is such an impact uh, on our lives that you can't even have an opinion anymore and i think that's wrong and I'm a lot of us should think it's wrong and for whatever reason people's opinions uh, don't seem to be uh, um, doesn't seem to be to matter anymore and i think that is the biggest problem that we're having is that it's hard to have uh, a, a debate you know a meaningful debate without tempers flaring, without facts actually being spitting out. I think that um, people just cannot fathom why someone disagrees with them, right? The the open mind is not there. So we can't have an open debate. It's very difficult. And so for me, very frustrated with with what's going on in this world right now, uh, much like I'm sure everyone is, is that, when I want to say something, whether it's on social media or to a friend, I don't want to do it because I don't want it to come across as I'm against them. Right. I let them preach whatever they say. And if I feel differently, I for some reason feel like I can't speak up and speak, you know, my mind candidly, uh, and get them to understand where I'm coming from. I have to understand where they're coming from, but they don't want to understand where I'm coming from. And, could be detrimental to our relationship right so I think and in, in because everyone is different everyone thinks differently politically right I mean obviously there's people who think the same but you're also gonna have people who think differently and there's nothing wrong with that that's why we live in a democracy it gives us the ability to do that but that disconnect has happened and um, with everything that's going on with all these different political issues Um, You can say COVID is is political. You can say it's not political. But what I mean political is that there's two sides to it. So it becomes a debate. And I think that's where I want to start. So, you know, we've gone under this COVID lockdown, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, for over a year now. And, you know, going back to March of 2020... Um, when, it, when it, you know, the, I live in Canada in Ontario to be specific, we went into a, uh, a, a closing all non-essential businesses. So, you know, a somewhat of a lockdown and effectively it didn't do much. You know, we weren't testing very much back then. We were only testing symptomatic people and I believe they were only testing for people who were coming into the country from international flights which made sense because it doesn't start in every place it has to travel to you know a virus and I'm not denying the virus isn't real obviously it's real viruses are real Um, you know you can attach it to any other virus we had SARS in 2003 we had h1n1 in 2009 you know we've had the mad cow disease we've had this you know so obviously I'm not going to say that it's not real but when you look back and this is what you know, one side of the spectrum doesn't remember, or or chooses not to remember, because the media and the government has now changed the trajectory of how we perceive this whole pandemic, this whole ideology of what we need to do. You know, we went from we need to lock down uh, non-essential businesses, so we need to we need to flatten the curve is what Doug Ford, our premier, had said. We need to flatten the curve. And, okay, that made sense. Now, I remember very vividly, and I know a lot of my friends, um, and you may or may not remember, but I, w- I was playing hockey and the arena I went to. They had a sign saying, we need to close down for two weeks. Two weeks. And the reason why it was two weeks is because of the whole, um, that's how long it takes for symptoms to appear. So that was just the, the arbitration, uh, arbitrary number that we came up with because scientifically speaking and i'm not a scientist but based off what all the research that we've been told so far there isn't a lot of research based on it if there was we would have been able to get rid of this right away a vaccine would have been prepared right away right it would have already been taken care of but because that didn't happen it is a new virus we need to do some new research so that just, you know, logically and scientifically makes sense. But anyways, let's go back to the two. You know, it's, we had this sign up on the arena and we need to shut down for two weeks. Okay, fine, whatever it is, what it is. And my business, you know, the company I was working for, I was really, really slow because of the non-essential um, closers. And uh, I dealt with auto parts, shipping and receiving auto parts. And I guess the shops that we dealt with weren't as busy because people weren't going to get their cars fixed, maybe because they weren't traveling, a lot of people working from home and yada yada. So I ended up getting laid off for, for two months. And you know, comes with the territory, it is what it is. But we needed to flatten the curve. So we went from flattening the curve, but we weren't testing to the to the so you're not gonna find cases. So the curve looks like it's going up when you test more and and I understand that people will say, well, we need to test. We need to test. We need to test. But no, you don't need to test. We need to make sure the people that are legitimately sick are being taken care of. And that's seems to be where the, the disconnect of information has gone because now we're going to, we need to stop the spread. We went from flattening the curve to stopping the spread. And a lot of people say, well, if we just shut down for two weeks, everybody just don't move for two weeks we can get rid of it and the thinking behind that makes sense but if it's coming in from international travel so even if you stopped international travel let's just say we stopped it for two full weeks so nobody coming in nobody going out of our entire country for two weeks So anything that's inside this country should be contained, which makes sense. You're stopping transportation, which is importing and exporting goods. So now you are stopping the economy as well, which it's a different argument, but we'll get into that another time. Not only that, in two weeks when we reopen everything again, maybe not completely, but we reopen the borders as an example. The rest of the world didn't stop the spread is still continuing what do you think is gonna happen and this is what people don't want to understand that there's no such thing as stopping the spread I don't care what doctor and what scientist says it's a virus it's not a car that you can stop it at at the border and it doesn't move from there it's a virus it's going to find a way and they originally going back to March of 2020 a lot of people or even before that rather when I guess in January when it all hit in China uh, in Wuhan we've seen video and, and pictures of people dropping dead in the, in the streets and you know China was just getting it was run rampant through China now based off of uh, worldometers dot I think it's Worldometers.info, if I'm not mistaken let me just bring that up based off of worldometers dot info china isn't doing too bad if, if you really if you look at it and again you can't tell anybody these things because they won't believe you and the fun and it, it kind of has a double-edged sword so i'm just trying to search for china here they're pretty low on this list for some reason oh there they are china so we we believed these images that we were seeing on On uh, the news well the news can make things up they can embellish things they can make things clickbait they can we know all these things but all of a sudden we don't want to believe those things we have to believe what we're seeing now so that's one side of the coin now we saw go rampant through China China has 1.4 billion people billion with a B not an M with a B they have 1.4 billion people in the amount of cases that China has uh, claimed, get this, 90,000, 90,000. 90,000, 90,872, according to worldometers.info. Now, they're behind; they're ahead of us in time, so they haven't put up their new numbers as of today, which is uh, May 17th, 2021. 90,000, that's how many cases, okay? Oh, well, looks like they might have updated it. It looks like plus 25, 25 cases in one day. The amount of deaths they've had. Out of those 90,000, it's 4,636, 4,636 active cases currently in China, 291. And of those 291, one is critical. Now I'm not going to deny the tragedy tragedy happens. That deaths occur and it is bad and it's obviously very unfortunate for their family and uh, their friends. One hundred percent, I will definitely sympathize with them. We've all lost loved ones for whatever reason it may be, and I'm not downplaying that aspect of it. China, where was the hot spot? And this is over the course of the first few months, and then it transitioned. Because we saw people dying in the streets. And that set off the alarms that this is this is Armageddon. This is the end of time. We're all going to catch this sick virus based off the numbers coming from China. Now, do we believe China's information they were giving us uh, on the news? Or was that our news channels and our media creating hysteria? It's kind of double-sided now, isn't it? Because now you're basing it off of the numbers they're bringing out, 1.4 billion people live there and 90,000 total cases and only 291 active. That seems, you know, and, and the living conditions that we've seen uh, in China seem to be very poor in comparison to first world countries. Right? So that's, that's one side of it. And then it transitioned. We saw it in, in Canada and in Ontario again, that our cases were going up. We had you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100. And then it slowed down over the course of the summer, which is natural. a lot of people are saying so let's let's stop for a second our cases went down in the summer well when do most people get sick they get sick in the winter because viruses don't necessarily survive in the warm weather well that's one side so then you put it into you know um, in Australia was getting bad And then it transitioned from China, that was the hotspot, into Italy and Spain. Well, let's take a look at Italy and Spain now. By the way, China is 97th in the world list of uh, case count. Okay, 97th. Italy, which was the biggest hotspot, has 60 million people. And they have a total... Of 4.1 million total cases with a death count of 124,000. Their active cases is 328,000. Now, again, we saw on the news that you went from people dying in their homes and doctors having to determine who lived and who died because they didn't have enough health care to protect all of these people. And then I understand. And they went into a complete lockdown and their numbers still went up. So is it defiant citizens? Or is it an embellished number out of Italy? Or is it an embellished number out of China now? And then Spain did the same thing. Spain has 46 million people with a total case count of 3.6 million and 79,000 deaths with a total active, and this is right now by the way, this isn't back then, this is now. This is over a year ago now, 228,000 active cases. Active cases, 228,000 out of 46 million. With critical condition of 1,899. So a country that has 46 million people has almost 1,900 critically ill people versus a country that has 1.4 billion with 291 critic. Sorry, one critically ill person. They had 290 active, 291 active cases, one critically ill. Something's not adding up there, right? But these are the things that people forgotten. They didn't want to look at and do very simple research. And they're listening to the media, even our journalists, which is unfortunate, because that's who we're supposed to be paying attention to. Journalists and the news are supposed to be uh, impartial and unbiased and give us all of the information to provide us. Right. So I'm not going to get into the whole conspiracies of them, but we all know who pays for them. Then a transition from Spain into the U.S., which is obviously getting closer to our homeland here in Canada. Then the hotspot and the epicenter was in the U.S. And the U.S. has a population of 332 million people. 332 million. And they have an active case count of 33,717,671. 33 million. You know, we'll even add it, we'll round it up to 34 million out of 332 million. So 300 million Americans don't have it, or hadn't had it, rather, because these are total cases from the first time they counted. Total deaths, very high, 600,000. But remember, out of 33 million cases, now, again, I'm not downplaying the deaths of these individual people, the death count. And we've been told numerous times, and we've seen it, that the COVID, quote unquote, related deaths. But what does related mean? Is it COVID that, that was the the final? Was that the nail in the, you know, I don't want to say the, the, the mean parts, but Was that the final nail? I didn't want to make a pun and offend anybody because that's not what I'm here for. But was that what really did it? Like, and the reason why I'm saying it that way is my grandfather, he was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was dead within a month. Now that happens, I understand that happens. My grandmother was diagnosed with colon cancer and she survived for another three years. I know cancers are different, and I understand that, and it just comes down to their bodies and, and whatnot. My grandfather, who had lung cancer, was not fine. I don't want to say it that way, but he was surviving, and he seemed fine until he couldn't breathe. When he couldn't breathe, he caught pneumonia. That was the reason why he couldn't breathe. It was because all of a sudden he had pneumonia. And within the day, he was gone. Well, he didn't die of pneumonia. He died of cancer. The pneumonia was what really pushed it. Because it, when you're going through cancer treatment, it lowers your immune system. Well, once your immune system has been, basically, it's a force field for your body. Once your force field is gone and people start shooting lasers or guns or whatever you want to call it, well, it's going to get through now. Well, that's exactly what the pneumonia did. So it targeted his lungs, which were already impacted by the cancer. So did he die of cancer? Did he die of pneumonia? Well, was going to go down as a cancer death because that's what he was diagnosed with. Again, nobody wants to think about things logically, right? So 600,000 people, Americans, um, have died. 27 so far uh, today that's uh 12:03 p.m. 27 out of 332 million people they've had 27 million people recover out of 33 million who have had it currently there's 5.9 million who have it now when i say have it we're going based on the information that they must be sick they have to be at home sick That's not it. That's not how it works. We know there's asymptomatic people. We know that people can get sick and, you know, it doesn't affect everybody the same way. But when we see the case counts online and in our news, we assume that all these people are sick. Well, it's, it's not how it works. Sorry to say it's not how it works. Did they go to the hospital? Yeah, maybe. But there's a lot of reasons why they might've gone to the hospital. Now, aside from the people that are in the ICU legitimately or on a ventilator, unfortunately, those are very serious and critical people. They're in those conditions and we need to help them. And I understand that. And I don't think anybody's ever denied that. But in general, those are the people that we want to be helping. And And for people like myself, Let's put all of our energy and efforts to protecting those people. Because right now it's a blanket across everybody. And that's not what we should be doing. So again, let's continue on with the timeline. U.S. became the epicenter. And it was running rampant through the U.S., which is getting closer to home for, for us in Canada. So let's take a look at the American death rate right now. We have 33,717,671. And the amount of that's the total cases that the Americans have had since the first case they counted. And we're going to divide that number by 600,174, which is the current death total deaths in the U.S. The death rate is 1.7% based on the amount of people who have contracted COVID. 1.7%. Now you have a chance at death, no matter what. Chance is always there. You can walk across the street you can get in your car. These people who are getting shot by these the domestic terrorists, uh, school shootings, um, the, the parking lot shootings, just down the street um, from, from our house. There was a... Uh, and we hear about it all the time, right? But we don't think twice about it anymore. You know, it's a little nerve-wracking for maybe a day or two. There was a... Home invasion. Knives. Right on the news about an hour where I used to live. There was uh, a 37-year-old woman and her 13-year-old daughter were attacked uh, at an intersection that was about five minutes from my old house. Both, uh, both of them stabbed. The 13-year-old was stabbed. So my point is, is that we always have a chance. Now we have to go through precautions. That's why. So the precautions that we do when we cross the road is we look both ways. We still don't know what the driver is going to do. And as the driver, we don't want to hurt this person on the road. We assume anyways. I know I don't. And I'm sure, you know, hundreds of millions of other people don't. So we look, especially when you get to an intersection or a crosswalk, Where you see somebody close to the edge of the road, you assume they're not gonna jump into the middle of the road to cross. We still have to pay attention to them. Because there's still that chance. There's always a chance, is what I'm saying. Now the US did all these lockdown measures just like Italy did. Not everybody in the US did it, but for the most part. And this is back when Donald Trump was the president. And now you yeah, have Joe Biden and all of a sudden things are opening up in the U.S. But here in Canada, and things in the U.S. are slowing down. Why? How is it all of a sudden, and you have states like Texas and Florida and Georgia, and now California is removing their mask, um, mask mandate, Las Vegas, Nevada. They're removing their mask mandates. Something that governments and health officials have been pushing and pushing and pushing to keep in place while all of a sudden are we doing this for such a disease, a disease that is so deadly that we locked down we couldn't see our loved ones couldn't go into work couldn't go to school these poor kids I have three kids in school and they're doing remote learning and they're frustrated and I know they're not the only ones and that's that's the downside to, to this whole situation you know and I mean it just then you come to Canada I got about four minutes left of my recording here you come to Canada, and we're locked down so severely. Mask this, vaccine that. There's, there's no historical statistic from the over the past year that is, prov- is proof of the measures that our government has taken, and we're listening to one person the head doctor of the province or the head doctor of this province or the the head doctor of the country because we're trying to save lives and I understand that nobody has ever denied that but there are more to this whole situation than just masking up and saving lives people's livelihoods are, are are dying businesses are going under our economy is faltering, and these things are the things that keep us going. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we have jobs so that we can buy things, so that we can live our lives. And I'm not talking about going to, you know, the mall to buy a pair of shoes. I'm talking about just being able to continue on with my life that is in supposedly a free country here in Canada and you have the US which is our closest neighbor well it's our only neighbor I guess uh, that we're connected to anyway who is opening up and we're still so tightly locked down And we're still, here in Ontario, we're locked down with a stay-at-home order until June 2nd. And for anyone who says, well, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, I'm sorry to tell you, but no matter what you do, nothing is going to change. And the reason why they're doing it is because they know the numbers will naturally come down because we've heard it all and all and over and again that places like Australia and New Zealand, they almost got rid of the virus. Well, no, they didn't almost get rid of the virus. When all of that information came out, it came out during their summer months, which is during our winter months because they're on the other side of the equator. They're on the other side of the world. So naturally that's how viruses work. Now you're gonna see during our summer months, our numbers will drop, but we will claim and believe that it was all these measures we took, when in fact it was a natural. It happened last summer. Now, COVID could um, could be on the way out. A lot of these viruses, they die off naturally, and they slow down. People are getting... Uh, Antibodies, people are being vaccinated. That's how herd immunity works. So in closing, remember that. Remember that the person that thinks differently than you may have reasons. If they don't, ask them. Talk about it civilly, and we'll all be able to move on with our lives. Thank you for listening, everybody. My next show will be another time. Have a good one.